1: Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
2: Welcome to Leadership development Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the line. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We always have fascinating guests, and today we have Lizbeth McNabb. Lizbeth is the CEO and founder of W2WLink.com, stands for Women2WomenLink.com, W2WLink.com. Lizbeth, after driving uh, high levels of growth as the CFO and strategist for Match.com in October 2007, launched a professional women's content and community website business. Her professional background includes 20 years in sales, business development, operations, finance, and planning and growth and emerging stage businesses, including PepsiCo, Frito Lay, American Airlines, AT&T, and Sodexco. You know, if you've been listening to our shows, Kathy and I always want to bring the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders and we try to always provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And let me welcome my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg.
3: Thanks, Relly. It's a delight to be here today with Lizbeth McNabb, and we're going to talk about innovation and entrepreneurs today. And as you know, we really believe in our hearts that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, but most leaders can, well, as we all know, underperform if they don't understand just how much they can influence others and their organizations, including their ability to be creative and innovative. And so today we're going to talk a lot about what we can do to be better leaders in companies that innovate. But we can all do just a few things differently, and today we're going to learn how to do just a, just a few things differently so we can all improve our organization's performance and our own leadership. And Relly and Lizbeth, we always try to bring to our listeners something about how to develop leaders, but also a little bit about Relly's sweet spot on emotional intelligence, something about what, well, what happy companies know. We also love to bring into play some of the brain and neuroscience contributions to leadership as well as generation and gender differences that can impact our leadership and our ability to lead others. We'll also talk about work-life balance and strategies for managing you and your boss plus many more tools and tips. Relly, I know we always love to share with our audience some of the science and the statistics behind leadership development, and maybe you can review some of those right now. Sure.
2: Well, thanks, Kathy. It's great to be, to be here and be able to share some of this information. So on leadership development news, we talk about leaders, obviously, and the reason is leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. And the reason is emotions are contagious. The most contagious person on a team is the leader. That's like we like to call them the emotional thermostat on the team. And we also know that getting someone into the top 10%, so if you have C and B performers, the goal is to get them in to be an A performer is critical. And one of the uh, reasons to get them in the top 10% is they're add twice as much revenue to the organization as someone in the 11th to the 89th percentile. Well, so how do you get someone into the top 10%? A lot of the tips and tools and things that we talk about on our show are going to help do that. And many of them are in the realm of emotional intelligence when compared to how smart someone is and their technical expertise. So a lot of our shows all focus on some of the key tips and tools and competencies of emotional intelligence. And we also know that that can help most organizations is coaching. Both Kathy and I are are certified coaches. Most organizations have training. Training is very beneficial. A lot of the research shows that training alone can add about 22% in productivity for the individuals. But if you add coaching along with training, you get a, a big increase up to about 88% in productivity. And Kathy mentioned just doing a few things differently, we like to call micro initiatives, can create macro impacts. And we also know that you can increase performance as much as 77% while increasing life and professional satisfaction um, by as much as 50% with the coaching that we just talked about. If you want more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services, and for me, Dr. Riley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, free uh, EI assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, maybe you can give us a little bit more of a background a little bit about Lizbeth and how you met her, and so our listeners can really soak this up.
3: Absolutely. Well, it was, um, it was a very exciting event that we um, actually met at in... Las Vegas. Um, It was um, a women's program that was being sponsored by a company which we all know and love called Talent Plus, and we've had their CEO, Kimberly Rath, on the show talking about the science of talent. Well, Elizabeth and I were there working together as speakers, and um, I just found her very compelling, and the whole story which she's about to share with everybody about starting um, a web-based company. How she did it, why she did it—it's going to be fascinating. But let me tell you a little bit about Lizbeth herself. Lizbeth McNabb is CEO and founder of w2wlink.com, and Women to Women Link is um, really the easiest way to remember it, even though its code name is w2wlink.com. And we'll go through that uh, little acronym throughout the show, so that as you need to write it down or try to get to the website while you're listening to us, you can do so. Well, after driving high levels of growth as the CFO and strategist for Match.com, Lisbeth launched a professional women's content and community website, and this was in October of 2007. Her professional background includes over 20 years in sales and business development, operations, finance, and planning in growth and emerging stage businesses at Match.com, PepsiCo, Frito Lay, American Airlines, AT&T, and Sodexo. And if you saw the picture of of Elizabeth McNabb, you can tell uh, she obviously started when she was a child. (laughs) Elizabeth is a board of director on the NASDAQ media company, Star Broadcasting. She's an advisory board member of American Airlines, Southern Methodist University, and company advisor to digital, technology, and consumer companies, including SitterCity.com and Jen Green. Lizbeth is a steering committee member of Women Corporate Directors in Dallas and a member of NACD and Entrepreneurs Foundation of Texas. She is a mentor at Southern Methodist University, the University of Nebraska, and a former mentor at Mentium. She received her B.S. at University of Nebraska and an MBA from Southern Methodist University in Dallas. And we have contact information for Lisbeth at our web, but you can reach her at Lizbeth, Lisbeth L I S B E T H dot McNabb M C N A B B at women to womenlink.com and that's W to W link dot com. And we'll talk more about that as we go through the show. Welcome to the show, Lisbeth.
4: Thanks, Kathy, very much. Ah, oh, just so delighted for you and Raleigh both to to share some background. Thanks for having me on.
2: Elizabeth, this is great, and we want to be able to uh, pick your brain and pull out some of the, your key successes that can help our listeners. And we always like to kind of start with, again, uh, a little bit of background, talk about leaders and, and people who have been most uh, influential to you in your life, your career, and, and how they may have shaped your your work.
4: Oh, definitely. It's made me mold, too, listening to you guys with your you know rich backgrounds and in emotional intelligence and work-life happiness and helping all. So it, it, it all of those things, you know, come from our foundation. So in my case, I feel like some of my, you know, background in shaping comes from that place you want to, which is kind of how your parents influenced you. And in, in my case, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and I was the first to complete a college degree um, from uh, my parents, and although they'd had some siblings that did. And so their influence was they both really – believe my father um rose in in a information technology executive because at that point there wasn't much education back in the 60s so he did it through his uh intelligence and so he and my mother really shaped me to be able, believe that I could do anything and they literally I had a lot of positive messages that came you know as I was growing up in a family with three other siblings of that I could do anything and my dad really believed I could do anything I have peers that have told me of things that may have come from their family, wonderful, but also some things that were gender or differences. And and I really was blessed in my case to to believe that uh, maybe even at times, you know, (laughs) blindly believed I could do anything if I went after it and gave it my my drive and energy. And so that was really shaping. And then when you guys mentioned earlier about coaches and what an influence they could be, have to point to, um, you know, influence I've had from Kathy in the last two years um, as her expertise as a coach. Literally, if you spend, you know, two minutes or 20 minutes or an hour uh, at a time with Kathy, as you would really, I know, I have had an incredible impact. And when I think back to um, – and Kathy's heard me speak to a point in my career when I had um, gotten to the very senior ranks, uh, one level from the CEO in a big Fortune 500 situation – And I um, was not as effective as I'd been in all those rising years and was running into obstacles. And when I think about the impact of a coach and later another coach I used around the entrepreneur start, it was huge in terms of my being able to truly bring all of myself into all my interactions and also to be much more situational. And I think that when I think about at times what you do in your 20s and your 30s or in your first 5, 10, and 15 years of experience, some of those same uh, skills and, and attitudes and behaviors that you take into meetings suddenly don't work as well. You have a lot more power and you're in that very same uh, sort of tone, can suddenly look very aggressive to people, mm-hmm. and a number of things. So I do want to also just underline the point, which is I feel like I've been really blessed and speak to this usually as a very top thing on the list, which is, um, as you say, is I love books learning and training, but is the use of a coach in my life, a mentor, uh, advocate as well, have been really influential.
3: Now, Elizabeth, you really have um, a passion, and, and thank you for sharing your, your uh, I want to say, your experience with a coach. We'll just, we'll, we'll just keep paying it forward. Relly will coach me, I'll coach you,
4: and <laughs> you can <laughs> coach everybody that. else out
3: there. I believe it. But, um, you know, your biggest passion in life, and correct me if I'm wrong, is innovation. I mean, look at your background. Look at Match.com. Look at, oops, it sounds like we're going to go to a break. So I'm going to ask you, hold that thought, Lisbeth. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about Lisbeth's biggest passions, which is innovation. You're listening to Leadership Development News. So come right back.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Lizbeth McTabb She is the CEO and founder of w 2 com. women 2 com. W2WLink.com. And just before the break, um, Kathy, you were talking or asking her about the passion and the innovation. And Lizbeth, maybe we can follow up on your, the passion and in innovation uh, and how that's propelled you into what you're doing now.
4: You bet. So if I think back to my 20s, innovation really started a tapestry that I didn't realize. But I went to work for at and back in the early 80s during deregulation. So they literally were putting in first ever sales and marketing channels because they'd been part of the bell system. didn't ha- They were non-existent. And so when I think of that start, I really got a lot of confidence in putting in a first-ever sales and marketing channel in a region of the country. And so in my 20s, you know, went and just confidently did something that hadn't been done before. There was no clear right answer. So we experimented, launched, learned, rebuilt, and grew it. And so when I think about that experience and I take it you know, across a number of different industries, very different than each other. What I've really honed is, is a, uh, that passion for doing first-evers. That passion to be an innovator is what I've taken to W2W Link as well. And I saw at Match.com the ability with a digital platform to be able to really reach different segments and offer them different unique answers rather than having to be all one thing to everybody. We did that well at Match.com. And we're doing that well at W2W Lane. We're able to attract different types of clients and be able to deliver. So if somebody's in a corporate setting, if somebody's in an entrepreneur setting, if somebody's dealing with work-life imbalance, or as Kathy would say, work towards work-life happiness, each of these core segments, we're able to attract and take in a private profile and build content and online networking and link to the level of coach quality in things that they learn around our digital platform. And so that innovation has been brought to life even here, and and it's something I have great passion for and having a lot of fun with too. The
3: question that's burning in my mind right now, um, and I may be going off task a little bit, is um, it seems like your background led you through a lot of industries and across different service organizations that gave you insight into what a lot of women um, might need in a network is that accurate is that was that part of the, uh, the the kind of learning that you had about putting together something like women to women link
4: yeah i think that 's a a key point to hone in on kathy is that when you think about really delivering in a big way it 's to really understand the need and attitude of of a of a value of a of a segment and so I do think that because i 'd been in different service orientations i 've been around a lot of men and women inside of uh, formal cultures and and smaller entrepreneurial mini-cultures within it. And I was an advocate ultimately for um, having men and women help our women advance more. Women were being hired at 50-50 and yet not being promoted at 50-50 at each level at a decreasing rate. And so what I saw was all this wonderful passion and energy that wasn't being able to be um, harvested all the way through and be able to maximize their talent. And I do feel that even myself, when I thought about things I ran into and men and women that would help me, um, that I really wanted that for the many. And what I saw is that if you look back in time, there wasn't always the ability to have that that coach or that advocate or that great boss for the many. And so what you know we're trying to do is put that, content and the voice of a woman that runs into different situations. The research says that, individuals say that, and to have that talent put into a digital platform so that more women can take the kinds of knowledge you guys have and give in your books and in your online and in this type of uh, show and bring that to the many through W2W link being one of those pulse points to
2: the women. So Elizabeth, uh maybe this is a good uh opportunity to, especially when we talk about um some of the things that are that you're helping women network with what are what are some of the key aspects you know that are on your site
4: well specifically and, and uh let's talk about some of the key offerings that we have, and yeah. then just talk about networking and why access to that is so important. And so on uh, w 2 Link, if somebody you know comes and looks at us, it's real important that we have content in different forms, so we have written, audio, video, because content often is so much more uh, of an enabler to have people get to know a digital site. So when we think about a LinkedIn or a Facebook or, or any of the social network business sites, um, I think what we know is that we are more comfortable when there's content pulling us in than when we have to openly start communicating or putting our brand out there. And so we bring great content. So if somebody just wants to read and scan and learn in a private way, they're able to do that. And then secondly, we we link people to the different types of important peer and and experts around them. So we have online tracks where somebody can take a self-assessment test on a leadership competency through a full track of learning, and then set up their action plans. And then with our digital, we can push out the reminder at 30 and 60 days, have you acted your actions. And I think what we know is if you state your actions to a coach, you state your actions in writing, you put it down, you're more likely to act on it. So we bring together the uh, content on an expert track all the way from a self-assessment to the action. And then we also place um, experts. Kathy Greenberg uh, has a... Professional track, And she has a voice that people can ask questions in an online setting and have it behind a wall. So it's not an open discussion board. Although those are meaningful, many professional women aren't going to ask a question that might tie them to their personal brand or their company and threaten their uh, ability to send. So we both allow them to have a way that they use their first name and Initial, so that they're held private in and around a circle and ask questions behind a wall that's not visible to the thousands that come around W2W link, but only inside a circle of 40 or 50. And it's kept very private. So we allow people to ask questions of the expert. And then third, we place people with, they fill out a profile and say, I'd like to network with others that are like me in my career stage or in my work-life uh, balance quest or what have you. And we place them with peers that they may not have access to otherwise, or they may prefer to have access. It's different than that group that they know in a industry or in their company or in their neighborhood.
3: Now, Lizbeth, one of the the things that you touched on is you bring together individuals who can use information in a way that's helpful to them personally. So let me ask you this question. Can you tell us a story how innovation played out um, in a way that, you know, perhaps you didn't expect or plan, and how how our listeners might be able to apply that in their business as an innovation.
4: You bet. Let me draw upon it a neat innovation I, I love to share from, because I think for many, uh, Match.com has, I find wherever I go in a table of 10, somebody has a one degree of separation, whether it be their daughter or their best friend or their parent that, um, you know, has found enduring love. So let me speak to an innovation that played out at Match.com. Um, match.com, if we think back to when I um, joined them in picture that we're now in 2010, so it was around 2005, and so they'd been a brand, you know, of five years, and, Definitely well-known, they were the biggest. But at the same time, if if I were to have gone to the same situations of 10 at a lunch, 10 at a board meeting, people felt that online dating um, didn't have the open acceptance it has today. So the innovation we played out was knowing that the need and attitude was there, that people were seeing value delivered. At the time, more men than women were on, so there were more barriers for women feeling that they um, wanted to access some of the benefits of MASH.com. And so what I would say on the innovation playing out is uh, that a lot of my ability to mine consumer segmentation and, and deal differently and not give everybody the same experience that I'd learned at Frito-Lay and honed at Sodexo was brought to bear. And we had incredible marketing insights um, from our CEO, and we had big channel insights from our COO. And so each of us collaborated as a, as a high-performing team to take our, our strengths together And what I learned, I would say, that I didn't do as well as I did post-match.com is that at Match, um, at a much faster pace um, entrepreneurially than uh, I sometimes was able to deliver inside of other settings, is that we learned that every meeting or collaboration of of people that you should start with, you know, what's your stated action, uh, move the team to action, you know, leave the room or leave the conversation with, you know, what are you going to do to act upon? And so when I think of how I've continued to to innovate, I've always been very action-oriented, but the innovation that played out also taught me some skills. It, so it shows it's just a constant learning. But the big win was that when we later launched chemistry.com, when we uh, brought Dr. Phil to the table and put his brand around our brand, that co-branding of a spokesperson was really important to have many feel that there was safety and security. And then we launched a second brand, which became a competitor to eHarmony, who uh, was out in the marketplace doing very well. And so the innovation played out in a number of ways, but it's very exciting because you're now at $10 plus in and around match, a million at any time, um, you know, actively um, being around others. So it's it's wonderful to see that innovation played out to deliver value.
2: I think, Elizabeth, you're bringing up some really good points. First, around the <clears throat> collaboration, like you're saying, with the uh, CEO and the COO and your and yourself, and uh, really tying it into actions. Because I think uh, in most organizations, and Kathy, I'm sure you've seen this, and I've seen this, he, every organization uh, always has issues around execution. They're never executing as greatly as they want. They may have great ideas, but then the, then it falls down into how they execute. So it sounds like with your actions and and really following up on that. That really helped um, bring these innovations into light. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, so let me ask you, um, you know, some more uh, general questions. We talked a little bit about what's on the site, and we'll get back to that. But what would you say are are some of the common issues and pitfalls that you see with women in networks on more global scale? And I and uh, before you answer that, uh, we're going to go to our next. Yeah,
3: sounds break. like we're going to a to a break here. And I also want to know what kills innovation, Lizbeth. So we'll think about that when we come back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Lizbeth McNabb, founder of Women to Women Link. So come right back.
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is one 866 472 Four seven two five seven nine zero. Now let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Lizbeth McNabb. She's the CEO and founder of W2wLink.com. And before the break, we we're just starting to get into Lisbeth, you know some more of the general issues that you may see and pitfalls with women and networks in organizations today, maybe more on the global scale.
4: You bet. Let's talk about that because I think let's address some of the facts and then look at then some of those issues. And the the facts are that if you look at uh women in an executive C-suite relative to men that even though at a management level, a college graduating level you have the 50-50 kind of directional going on, you still have only 15% of women in the executive suite across Fortune 500 and you have a little under that inside the boards of Fortune 500. And further, if you look at even on the entrepreneurial side, although 60 to 80% of entrepreneurial starts are going on in a Florida, California, Texas, big, robust markets, and over 50% of the starts, uh, closer to 60 on average across all the geographies, and this would be true in a number of countries globally as well, the amount of capital going in the entrepreneur women's hands is under 10% uh, inside the U.S. in those markets. And I'm going to tie all this back to networking, though, is that what some of the compelling research is, is that networks are not as open to women as to men. And it really kind of points back to diversity that we know in different ways is it's not with intent, let's make sure women don't have the access to a network or the access to capital. But instead, it's just about networks. People, all of us are human. We tend to have collaboration, we tend to network, we tend to have relationships with those that look the most like us, and we just do it out of human instinct. And that's that's all fine and good, but what we have to do is build awareness, education, and understand, and open up those networks and open up some of the coaching and, and tactics going on so that women have the advancement opportunities that they wish and desire against. And so what often is going on now inside of most of Fortune 500, certainly Fortune 100, are women diversity groups to open up networks. And by the way, when I say that, it's to have women have tools put in their hand that help them advance, have men and women be trained to understand on some of the barriers in the research so that both can be more sophisticated at helping all of their employees stay engaged. Um, but it is around tool development to understand the the barriers that are there for women, some of the facts that go on, and uh, you know, be able to create an environment we all want to have more growth, more innovation, more profit in our companies. And what we know is that one of the ways to get there is to have all of our employees, including our women, be able to give their most impact. And so when I think about networks, um, W2W Link is one of the ways. LinkedIn is one of the ways. And these have differences, so each one has um, ways to, to tr- pick a couple and make them work. But is they are the a place that you can go and use a business network in a digital way, side-by-side side with the wonderfulness and the highest order of meeting face-to-face. But what I know is whether I'm talking about Match.com or Ladders.com or anything digitally, it's not to take away from still meeting face-to-face, but the reality is we are hurried, women especially, Um, have the most trouble taking that extra time for the the softer side of networking outside of a business meeting to get results. What you'll often find in the research is women are getting sometimes even more results on average, but they're not taking that time to go network an idea, network an innovation. Um, The after-hours time may still very much be on work, but it may be once they're at home around family and cranking it on the results, but not always getting all the network time. And so what a digital network or diversity network inside a company or networks in, uh, for people that are in entrepreneurial lands um, outside of, of their sphere of influence, it's important to use these so that people can have more access to those that can help them build their business. Elizabeth, what,
3: do you have any specific advice for anyone who's listening, man or woman, who wants to help themselves, their friends, their employees, or their loved ones overcome some of those
4: challenges? You know, my my biggest advice would be, and that's an important, you, you named loved ones, people we care about, because I think the best thing people can do is nurture their most trusted relationships for their building of their skills or their building of, of their network. And so my advice would be, um, and I even do a little exercise with people where they actually center themselves and think about who, are their, who is their short list that they would want to build business with, network, have a stronger relationship with? Who are they spending time with? And step back and think about how have they asked um, for network introductions, help grow the business, and how have they given, offered introductions, acted on it, moved things forward. And so my advice would be, for each person to look at that and then go act on it. Most of us have a personality trait that tends to be very you know, driven to results. So we ask, we get it done, or we're very giving servant leader. We give forward, but we don't always rebalance that. And I think what's worthwhile to do is to readdress it and think about both the gives and the gets. In, in a very still, you know, emotionally intelligent way of not trying to tally it up per se, but but just that you actually then are helping those around you, you're balancing, you're helping open up abundance for them. And so that would be my biggest advice is that they nurture that, that short list and, and make sure that they're they're giving and getting, you know, fully on those most important around them. That's
2: great. And, Liz, I think what's great about that is, is you're talking about the short list, and we know a lot for change if you can make it you know, actionable and small. So looking at that short list, probably are the people that they trust the most and that are people that may be easier to ask than, than somebody else that may bring up some more fear.
4: That's a good point, really. Plus, right, then you, you do it and then you get better at it, you're saying, right, in, in a yeah. comfortable place.
2: Yeah, I think that, that kind of that whole fear, you know, false expectations appearing real, you know, about asking for what you want. So, uh, And so you talk about that in, in some of the work that you do, and, and, and you have people actually do that exercise and people that you work
0: with?
4: Yeah, that exercise, you know, I tend to, like uh, you guys, you know, when I'm in a, in a room, you know, in a seminar setting, you know, live, we're starting to scale at W2W Link monthly events over May, June, and taking that side by side with digital over this year, and so I will say that one we probably need to get on the on the site, but we've been using it a lot when we're talking networking in a room to really get people to act on on some of those ideas, mm-hmm. and um, and that you know like other skill building, um, you know I am very innovative, I'm very action oriented. Um, we've built W2W Link to be able to take a, a track and have people learn something and literally, you know, put it into place and go act on it, be reminded of the actions that they were going to, because I really, you know, believe in people, you know, using the wonderfulness of digital, which is the stickiness of mm-hmm. having it come to you a different way. So you can read things, you can take a course, you can have a reminder come at you about your actions. And I think one of the the things that's important is, is that when people are doing things wonderful face-to-face or seminars is that they take the advantage of digital and blend that side-by-side and uh, use you know, email in a smart way, in a targeted way, not in a blast way, but you know, leverage all the different tools around them along with the face-to-face.
3: Ms. So Smith, as, as we're talking about all of these great opportunities, for anyone to join a network and to use the digital world to help them gain um, in innovation and, and entrepreneurship, and even in their own well-being, right? As leaders who also want to lead others, I um, I really cannot help but come back to this question of what really kills innovation. What what are you know what are some of the things that you've seen that prevent? innovation from happening, either at the personal individual level or even at the corporate level.
4: Yeah, and that's that's a good one. We talked offline just on, you know, when you watch innovation um, being shepherded or advocated by somebody and watch other parts of an uh, organization, um, you know, not help propel it forward, what's really going on there and what can we as an individual do, um, whether we're the person shepherding it or we're others around them? And I think that um, what kills innovation is when you aren't able to re-employ kind of the naysayers, the negatives, the, the blockage, which is a natural part of innovation. I always say to people, oh, that's good when you start seeing people are starting to crop up saying you shouldn't do it. That's, that's, that, that means that you're being heard. There's actually the force of change is coming through. So don't, even though it's, it can be very tiring, and uh, and and do not you know think that that's not just a natural part of the change, um, because what kills innovation, right, is that when people feel the normal human reaction of security, insecurity, change is going to threaten my job, I'll no longer be as valuable if that takes away what I used to do, and they're not yet envisioning their new role in the new shape, is that you just have to take that input, take that feedback and turn it on the side, which is if somebody says that won't work, we did that 10 years ago, that won't work, this is the obstacle, You're, that's an input. Okay, so what, you know, tell me how we could make it work. Turn it into the proactive. Tell me what you would do to make it work better. You will sometimes have a naysayer that has a lot of trouble shifting all the way over there, but then just you know, turn it into you know, who would you advise that we talk with then to understand that obstacle or that, that idea you have that's going to cause problems and just move it forward again to an action. Who around you could help us, you know, work that innovation forward? Who could we listen to fully to make sure? And so you then find who's your advocates, keep nurturing that, who are you just standing on the sideline, but they're at least giving you good information, and who are your actual obstacles, and they each just become part of the process, and you are able to manage it. You may never have that naysayer stand in the room and say, I completely support this change, but you're at least able to say proactively, we know this is an obstacle. This is what we recommend we do to do our best with it, and this is why we believe it will still be very successful. So what kills innovation, right, is when you get the naysayers and you start giving up or you end up shaping, reshaping it um, rather than collaboration, you actually start you know, killing parts of the good idea. And so you just have to you know, work it through its stages and recognize the different talents there to move the innovation forward.
2: Elizabeth, just what you said was beautiful. And a great example, I think, of a kind of an emotional intelligence response. If you are the change leader, you have to manage your reaction. What do you mean they don't want to go along with this? And then the way you turned it uh, to them, well, who else could we talk to? What else could we do? Putting the ownership back on the, on the naysayer to come up with some solutions is beautiful.
4: Oh, that's helpful to have your perspective with all you know on that subject to no, know it's being put to life. <laughs> well,
3: we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about Women to Women Link and what you're doing there and what's exciting and new. So, this is Leadership Development News. We're talking to Elizabeth McNabb. Come right back.
0: Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or, for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-86-472-5790. That number again is 1-86-472-5790. Now let's get back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Lizbeth McNabb. She is the CEO and founder of of w2wlink.com women to women link. We're going to talk Elizabeth a little bit more about kind of what pe- someone can get on the site. And so one of the things uh just what are some of the challenges that you see that people are having that the site can help them get connected the- with others about?
4: So, I think um you know, one of the the challenges is that um uh, this, you know, busy high-paced world that we're in today, and I think a lot of what Kathy talks about in the Work-Life Happiness Series, Working Mothers Know, uh, is that people end up, you know, feeling like they've been squeezed out of a toothpaste, and yet they're not getting to their goals. They don't feel like their passions and strengths are all being brought to bear. So what all that points to is that people still, you know, aspire to you know, have more uh, of the career path they want or they want more autonomy. Many have been in a corporate setting and, and want to find a way to be more innovative in that setting or move um, to where they have some entrepreneurship, maybe around other, on the weekend, because they don't want to have the insecurity of being a full entrepreneur. So these life stages and this desire um, to maximize themselves, what we're doing with w w Link is to try to to bring... That development of leadership competencies in and around the site, pushing emails twice a week into uh, into people's boxes so that they feel like i don't have another time to go find out the information at the site. We have ways that we we bring it to people, and fifty percent of our members uh read one of of two emails a week, which is you know phenomenal, and you figure the most um, worlds out there are, you know under ten percent. And then people come at the site and are spending over 20 minutes per visit, which, again, is really high uh, metrics relative to a lot of digital experience. And so what all that means is, you know, is that we are answering, you know, value that people want. And we also, when Kathy opened the segment, and really when you spoke to some of the important things you guys are trying to do, I heard you mention uh, cross-generational as well. And we are increasingly... um, Pulling from content um, to speak to people at each generation, being more open to thinking about the different viewpoints, and additionally, in an indirect way, we end up with a mentorship concept. We um, don't like to overplay the word mentor because it means a lot of ambiguity for a lot of people, what they want, but it delivers on mentorship in that people, again, can ask to talk with others, be in a circle with others. And some people very much want to be talking cross-generationally, and some people at certain times want to talk to people in their same phase of life. And so, again, W2W Link can deliver if somebody wants to, but set that up in a digital way. Um, and then with some of the events we're going to be doing, we're going to at times have people blended and be able to have people face-to-face in some of the bigger cities we'll be at with talking to each other cross-generationally. So I think all these trends are really important that we're trying to, to pick up on that and to give great content and great connection in W2W Link.
3: Now, Liz, some of the um, the wonderful things that I think people would like to know about at Women to Women Link are um, your innovations coming up very soon. I call them innovations. You are partnering with Club Corp across the United States and making your speakers available to them in local areas. And uh, that is sponsored by Women to Women Link. You are also helping corporate organizations engage their entire population by being able to be members of Women to Women Link. Can you just share a little bit of that before you say goodbye?
4: You bet. And I, I think this points at my being an innovator and really believing in scaling. I see so many wonderful book authors and experts, and often there's just there's no ability to completely put themselves in and around all the people that want to meet and see them in a scalable way. And so W2W Link is introducing experts around us and experts that are getting to know us in front of uh, both W2W Link members and Club Corp um, has both many men and women members, um, but they're increasingly seeing that they too need to deliver on having their women members be able to be brought together. And so we're kind of co-hosting in a way in top urban markets and then in in 50 markets uh, across the the year. In 2011, people will be able to attend speakers um, like Kathy and Relly and others around us, and so we're bringing that um, into those markets. We're bringing it to everybody, anywhere, um, via webinars and through the digital side, and so it's, it's you know allowing people to have a lot more access to both you know the bringing the life around a book or a research or an expert. And then secondly, um, we've got work underway now to to bring. Um, the introduction of strategic coaches inside of W2W Link. We've had a lot of people ask us to meet face-to-face, and we've had a lot of people ask us to let them know more on how to select a coach and work through a coach, and they want it in a little bit of our environment. So again, like you guys that are so phenomenal, helping some of the best executives, we're uh, wanting to you know allow another scalable way for these you know fantastic resources like you to be known inside of, you know, our, our growing community. So, as always, loving innovation, trying to bring it to uh, many people that sometimes aren't going to get introduced so otherwise is is what we're up to this year.
2: Well, Elizabeth, this is great. Uh, you know, as we're winding down here, and I can hear the passion, uh, you, know, you know, about um, women-to-women link. What What's kind of the most gratifying thing for you at this point? And I know you may launch into going kind to of talk about anything else next, but it does sound like it is. I just want to kind of hear... What what uh, hits you the most?
4: Well, if I think about um, <laughs> my emotional intelligence, what I need to work on this year, it's been celebrate the wins and uh, and not just always keep wanting to create more value, better things for people. So the most um, rewarding for me in, in my heart and what we've delivered is when I hear from an individual, I'll be walking into an elevator, or I'll be at a meeting where my name gets mentioned or W2W link and they don't even know who I am as they shouldn't, And they'll then say, oh, I read this article and I did this in a meeting and I saw my boss or my client respond so differently to me. And to be able to hear that from someone that we've touched that is, you know, degrees of separation from all of us and that they felt, you know, empowered to, you know, maximize themselves, that is the most inspiring of all. And I have got to say that from my emotional intelligence, I'm trying to better celebrate that testimonial, that thought, um, what we're delivering on, and, and be a little more joyous um, day-to-day on and, and what we're getting done today. But my innovation side tends to go out in the future, so I'm going to work on those.
3: <laughs> well, it's been wonderful having you with us today. And remember, you can find Elizabeth McNabb's company, w2wlink.com. And we hope you'll visit her for more resources and tools and tips on networking.